0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: Jacksonville. The child was born and could sit still.
0: Eighty-six years later with no risk really What a while.
1: Oh one Oh two Oh three three. Hey, me out to the ball. Buy me some peanuts and crackers, I don't care if I ever give back. Oh, it's root, root, root for the zombies. if they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes you out, it's the old. This is the Monday Morning Quarterback on the 14th of January, 2019. Beaming from WBRN Radio and on the Boston Red Network. Hey, Boston Red here on a Monday morning as normally quarterbacking the talk shows. What were of the talk shows? We looked at Face the Nation, kind of interesting there in terms of the uh, journalists i uh, think they two were from the Washington Post Ms uh, Kim she's i believe she said she was out of uh, Iowa anyway nonetheless she writes for the Washington Post was there anything new revelations uh, coming uh, from any of the journalists uh, basically no uh, in terms of the uh, shutdown a uh, lot of vacillation there and t- uh, from what uh, the uh, Trump administration plans to do, does not plan to do. They had uh, J. Uh, Johnson on there, and he was at one time in charge of uh, Homeland Security on the Barack Obama. And uh, he was also a lawyer at the uh, Pentagon. And basically his commentary on D.J. Trump's uh, Declaration of Emergency... There are funds uh, that have been uh, basically uh, were to be allocated towards places like Puerto Rico uh, in uh, Florida from various hurricane damage and to a certain extent Texas and other places. Nonetheless, these funds, uh, since they were allocated to quote-unquote civilian projects, uh, Mr. Johnson felt that it would be easier from a constitutional test. But if uh, D.J. Trump decided he would deal with funds that were in the military budget uh, and not allocated for domestic affairs, it would be a bit more dicey. I've not heard any more from those people as to where they are going or where they are not going in terms of the shutdown. The senator uh, from, uh, where is he, South Carolina, I suppose, Uh, had an idea perhaps of reopening the government government and continuing the uh, negotiations uh, Senator Graham. It doesn't make much sense because, first of all, um, to reopen the government and then close the government back uh, uh, once more, that is uh, just folly. Uh, That's all it is. And this this whole idea of this government shutdown as a political weapon and that is what the Trump administration is using it as. It has went now longer than anyone in the, any uh, government shutdown in the history of uh, the American country. That in itself is a loss. It's just not working. It will not work. So does this uh, shutdown uh, last uh, for a, f- a few more weeks? Well, the pain is being felt all over the place. There's no doubt about that. Uh, From uh, government workers, uh, from uh, government workers, I should say contract workers, it's all out there. It's a uh, dismal affair at best. People that clean office buildings to people that write uh, code uh, for the government to uh, agents in uh, Homeland Security, even the Secret Service. The stress of not knowing when your next paycheck is coming is a uh, very, very uh, gut-wrenching, I guess we can use that term, uh, for many, many people that have never been exposed to that. Uh, An example would be someone out of university or out of uh, their basic uh, high school training and went to work or lucky enough to go to work to some job. And they've had that job for five or ten years, or out of university, five years. And they've had continual uh, paychecks, and they've worked uh, uh, full-time, etc. And all of a sudden, this occurs. Now, with government workers, they have had some uh, shutdowns, uh, but they were brief shutdowns. And the consensus opinion amongst many was that this shutdown, if it occurred, would not be very long. And it is a 25% shutdown, a smorgasbord operation, with a lot of uh, exceptions uh, to, quote-unquote, who is working, who is not. Many of these people are working without pay. Never heard of that. That's involuntary uh, servitude. Congress has voted overwhelmingly when it is over that they will get paid uh, retroactively, and I'm assuming... But once this is over, in a matter of days, those paychecks will be cut. But then the question is, why did this occur? If they go to an emergency situation to build the wall, that doesn't doesn't mean the furloughs would end. So in other words, what you have here is an incomprehensible administrative uh, situation with no end to it. It's utterly impossible for the Trump administration to win this conflict. It just simply will not happen. So, D.J. Trump can let this thing go until the 4th of July. The problem there, you're going to have major breakdowns, and it will be to the point he'll have to declare a state of emergency just to literally run these departments. You're not talking about the wall. And there's some cracks In uh, the polling, a recent poll out, and we'll go to it before we uh, conclude here, as to what is uh, happening in uh, many, many places. And this even involves uh, housing. Uh, I I guess we'll go to it. We were going, we'll go to it while we're on the effects of the uh, shutdown. Uh, This is uh, from the uh, public uh, radio organization. Thousands face threats of eviction after HUD uh, uh, contracts expired due to shutdown. Now this is out of the Department of uh, Urban uh, Housing and Urban Development with partial uh, shutdown. And <clears throat> I want to start correcting something here. That basically speaking, we'll stop calling this a partial shutdown and call it a shutdown. And the reason for that is, uh, first of all, uh, from a historic standpoint, this particular uh, government uh, shutdown has went more days than any other one. And the way it is shaping up, it is affecting uh, more people, almost uh, 800,000 to a million workers. And let me just read from the copy here. This is published on the 11th of January. The partial shutdown uh, here, that's what they're calling it. Has become the longest in history. Many housing advocates fear thousands of Americans are at risk of being evicted. More than a thousand government backed housing contracts uh, have already expired, and potentially more will do so in the coming weeks. The shutdown uh, started in um, December approximately 1150 government rental assistance contracts have uh, have not been renewed due to funding lapses at the uh, department of housing uh, there these uh, lapses uh impact uh, project based rental assistance agreements between uh, private owners and the federal government landlords are, con- are uh, contracted uh, to uh house uh low and very low uh, income residents the property owners charge uh tenants modest rents and uh the uh department of federal government kicks in subsidies to make up the difference with the expiration so far i've only uh only accounts for about five percent of the uh project based contracts it's causing concern uh, for more than one point two million uh low income families and this would also be disabled etc housing multifamily properties that would be in danger of losing homes as the shutdown continues on in a letter to landlords early this month first reported by the Washington Post the uh, housing uh, administration urged property owners to dip into their reserve accounts to cover funding shortfalls as a way to keep Tenants in place. The National Low Income Coalition. We'll get to them in a minute. And as a map here, uh, we'll also get to that. These contracts uh, is necessary to keep about uh, 150,000 deeply poor, uh, mostly seniors and people with disabilities, uh, safety, is safe and affordable housing. That is uh, from Diane uh, Yintel, uh, president and CEO of the National Low Income Housing Coalition. Intel uh, worries that the president uh, and congressional Democrats are at an impasse over a, a board of funding. The government will not reopen anytime soon, and it may force property owners to take uh, business decisions that could virtually, adversely affect uh, tenants. Ed Johnson, he is executive director of the Oakland Housing Authority, which manages approximately uh, 550 project-based uh, properties, on behalf of uh, the government, at uh, two properties he oversees, one in uh, San Jose, another in Sacramento, California, have around 75 units uh, between them. Johnson says neither, uh, neither of the uh, properties received their uh, January payments, so they are functioning right now without uh, really having any income for the program to support the efforts. I am more concerned about uh, them uh, ending up going into foreclosure and bankruptcy on these properties than I am about uh, them evicting uh, the uh, residents. Uh, so in other words, if they don't get the money, they could go in that. But the uh, local courts uh, can uh, forestall that effort, and it, it obviously depending on uh, the, the uh state laws, etc. And many times, uh, those can be, uh, postponed, uh, anywhere from 30 days, uh, well, we should say two weeks, 30 days, three months, or uh, six months, so there, and it's part of it, and as far as a, uh, foreclosure action, that can go, uh, to a, uh, some type of bankruptcy type hearing, which a, uh, develops a uh, stoppage, it's called, in the uh, civil law. But anyway, it effectively would stop everything until the courts could get the money in there. Um, there's a lot of latitude there. Mary Cunningham, she's vice president of the Metropolitan Housing, uh, Housing and Communities uh, Policy at the Urban Institute. Uh, she says uh, the lapse in funding may uh, deter other would-be tenants from entering into um uh, contract with HEW in the future. There are many, many long-term consequences of this, and that is uh, part of the problem. On Saturday, the shutdown became the longest in history, and is coming. Uh, and in the coming weeks, 500 uh, HUD, uh more uh, will expire at the end of this month, 550 at the end of uh, September a terrible situation here. The uh, HUD has, uh, more than, uh, 20,000 contracts with owners of multifamily, uh, developments. When it comes to payments, typically, uh, reliable. This is how it usually works. The property, uh, owners, uh, houses, uh, mall and low-income, uh, residents, and some modest, uh, income residents also. This is, uh, the report, actually this is an interview here, Diane, you uh, Intel uh, funding for these contracts necessary to keep the 150000 there. there, uh, and actually, wait a minute here, let's see if we can go, I thought there was uh, some audio here, we can just go to the audio and hopefully we can go to the audio, we'll try. We'll see.
0: The partial government shutdown has put many low-income renters and their landlords on edge, and here's why. They rely on money from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, that amounts to subsidies, but HUD told property owners that they won't be getting that money during the shutdown, and they should use their own funds to compensate. With no end in sight, housing advocates say hundreds of thousands of Americans face the risk of being evicted from their homes. NPR's Braxton Booker reports. HUD has more than 20,000 contracts with owners of multifamily housing developments. When it comes to payments, HUD is typically reliable. This is how it usually works. The property owner houses multiple low and very low income residents, charges them modest rents, and HUD kicks in subsidies to make up the difference. But at the start of the new year, HUD said roughly 1,150 property contracts were not renewed as a result of the shutdown. And that has Diane Yintel very concerned. Funding these contracts is necessary to keep about 150,000 deeply poor, mostly seniors and people with disabilities, safely and affordably housed. Yintel is the president and CEO of the National Low Income Housing Coalition. She worries that with President Trump and congressional Democrats at an impasse over border wall funding, the government won't open anytime soon. And eventually, these owners will have to resort to either really significant rent hikes or evictions of these lowest income renters. HUD says the vast majority of project-based rental assistance projects are funded through February, but acknowledges as the shutdown continues, more contracts will expire. Eric Johnson is the executive director of the Oakland Housing Authority. He works with two properties in the region, one in San Jose and the other in Sacramento, with about 75 housing units between them. He says neither got a January payment from HUD. And so they're functioning right now without having really any income from the program to help support their efforts. HUD is asking these and other owners to dip into their reserve accounts to cover any money that HUD is unable to release. Johnson adds many property owners won't be able to operate indefinitely from their reserve funds. This puts owners of low-income housing units between a rock and a hard place. Johnson says that's bad for the stability of the housing market overall. I'm
1: well, one of the issues here, uh, the uh, HUD and the uh, Trump administration, their philosophy on uh, housing has uh, been very draconian. They would like to eliminate by severely, <coughs> excuse me, modifying uh, requirements uh, for. Uh, low income housing that the low income people could no longer basically pay the rent uh this is part of uh, what they are uh attempting uh, to do so uh, once more this is just a policy that would be out there i'm looking at the map here and if we go up to washington state i see a number 12345678 uh more than 10 of the uh Types of contracts in of uh, Washington State. California has many, many of those, and so does uh, the state of Texas, and they're all over Florida. Impossible to tell how many looking at this. Whereas if you go to the uh, Midwest, uh, there are uh, there are less in say the Dakotas uh, and out in places like uh, Montana, Wyoming, etc. But if you go to places like uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois, you will find uh, many of those uh, types of projects, and all through other areas uh, that you will see uh, those uh, projects going on. So this is the multifamily assistance, uh, Section Eight, uh, from the uh, housing people is to where things uh, stand there and. Is also uh, just looking at their site here, Low Income Housing Coalition, some of the uh, cuts that were uh, coming forward before this actually uh, happened. So, in other words, this is not uh, something new, it just uh, exacerbates the entire uh, situation. And it uh, has uh, continued uh, from uh, food su- uh, sufficiency on. These are actions that have continually uh, impact people. And just looking at uh, their release here on the partial uh, shutdown, uh, this organization has sent a letter to uh, the uh, congressional leadership, issued a press release on the efforts of dealing uh, with uh, HUD. Let's go to the press release very, very quickly. Affordable housing leaders demand into uh Government shutdown passage of full uh, year spending. Now, that is uh, the solution across uh, the uh, whole situation here. This is a coalition. Uh, here is a call upon the shutdown's impact on the stability of low income government contractors, security guards, cafeteria service, etc. That are uh, lib evidently paycheck uh, to paycheck. And the statement here of uh, I suppose uh, the longer the shutdown, the more uh, of the lowest income people will be hit, no doubt about that, uh, period. So we have to look, start looking at this a little bit different from just saying it's a partial shutdown to it is a shutdown. Disaster for millions of low-income families, seniors, people with disa- disabilities, uh, it depend upon HUD, uh, for safe and uh, stable housing. Funding uh, uh, uncertainty puts uh, more than uh, 2 million voucher households at uh, risk of losing their homes. A lack of operating uh, fund payments uh, will uh, force uh, public housing authorities to uh, shut down units that could be repaired are uh, properly maintained. So in no, other this thing goes uh, has a very, very long reach. The bottom line is uh, for us is uh, care and concern for people who uh, we serve. The shutdown will hurt them. Uh, that is from uh, Deborah DeSantis. Uh, every hour the deadlock drags on means people who really need uh, housing and services are not going to get them. The longer the, the uh, Critical agencies stay shuttered. Uh, the uh, more likely it is, families, children, and individuals now counting on help to stay uh, housed and healthy will uh, have their lifelines cut off. And this is part of it. There's 10 million people out here, uh, nearly 10 million who live in uh, HUD-assisted housing, and that is uh, part of the uh, part of the problem here that uh, Enterprise Community Partners, President um, Laurel um, Blanchford, uh, Congress and the administration must find ways to restore funding. Well, this is why the process is a very, very um, long process, lending uh, partners, President Katie uh, Sloan-Smith, uh, all uh, uh, NGOs and nonprofits reply, uh, rely on regular and adequate uh, funding to provide uh, quality, affordable housing to some of the nation's low-income older adults. The average adult uh, in on a, a, a section uh, 202 housing for elderly program has an annual income of thirteen thousand dollars, far too little uh, to make uh, ends meet in the private housing market. More than a four hundred thousand Older adults rely uh, rely on a Section 202 program, uh, while another 1.2 million rely upon HUD programs for assistance. We urge Congress to uh, move forward. Uh, these 1.6 million older adults have a stable housing and dignity. This is the reason we went to this much longer uh, press release uh, here. Uh, the uh, National Association for County, Community, and Economic Development uh, Executive Director here is Laura uh, Demarker. These programs provide vital service and resources to low-income uh, families, and basically the uh, same line is being uh, repeated, uh, federal government and prolonged, uh, it makes matters worse Capital expenses that require approval from uh, HUD. Employees are left undone. Housing vouchers are not uh, reaching families in need there. So in other words, this exacerbates the uh, homeless problem. Uh, This is a very, very um, volatile situation, no doubt about that. Let's go now to the Washington Post. And this is an opinion piece out of Florida. We were covering a pardon there in uh, Florida, around Lake Florida, that had happened in 1949. Some young men were falsely accused of rape, of course they're all dead now, and they were uh, pardoned uh, postremoniously. Uh, the voters of Florida passed a, a constitutional amendment uh, that restored the voting rights to roughly 1.4 million, the former felons, a measure that on did a feature of state law enacted uh, after the Civil War by uh, racist uh, lawmakers designed to disenfranchise African Americans. Now, the uh, Florida Republicans who oppose the ballot measure written uh, unambiguously uh, to uh, self uh, executing insist uh, clarifying the legislation is needed. Uh, the uh, sounds uh, like uh, mischievous uh, intention to thaw voters, and will maintain a system under which at least one in five African Americans in Florida face a uh, that's twenty percent a lifetime ban on voting. This is enough to keep the reactionaries in uh, power, barring uh, ex uh, convicts from the polls even after they served their sentence in full. Was uh, once a distinct. The American phenomenon meant to impede uh, African Americans from uh, wielding electoral power. No other Western democracy has erected a similar barrier. A few places uh, it was uh, and that uh, was implemented as in the Florida, the laws for minor crimes, selective enforcement, like writing a bad check, uh, In snails, uh, African Americans and ensures that they will never be able to cast a vote. 1943% of adult uh, African American uh, voters were registered in Florida. Today, disproportionate shares of disenfranchised former felons are African Americans. Under uh, Charlie the Tuna uh, Chris, when he was governor of Florida, he modified the ban so that uh, many offenders uh, could petition. Uh, their rights uh, restored uh, would uh, be uh, submitted automatically. Old Rick Scott, who is now a senator, uh, scrapped those reforms and in place he established an arbitrary, slow and cumbersome system. This this is part of the reason that uh, Florida, an outlaw state, it has been utterly impossible there uh, virtually uh, to win a national election there. It was stolen by Albert Gore in 2000. Barack Obama, Obama managed to literally squeeze by and carry a Florida. It did not happen with Hillary and Monster Clinton in uh, 2016. And this is one of the reasons in Florida with some other problems that they have, homegrown problems they have in Florida uh There's a substantial older population, which is uh, a primary reactionary in Florida. And there are some other uh, misinformed people in the population that has problems. However, the mayor of uh, Tallahassee, Florida, uh, managed uh, to an African-American, Andrew uh, Gillum, managed to come very close To being elected uh, governor in uh, Florida. Whereas in a lackluster campaign there, the uh, Senator uh, Nelson, a former astronaut, uh, came a little closer but uh, no cigar. Thus, Scott was able to get in. Not only that, the felons are disenfranchised, the uh, President, uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, was the Secretary of State and was able, uh, excuse me, no, nah, that's in Georgia. Anyway, it's almost about the same. A federal judge condemned the system as a sham. And against that backdrop of injustice, advocates have managed to uh, put the Amendment Amendment 4 on the last ballot. And on election day, 65% of Florid, uh, Floridians agreed. As a result, Florida's uh, vote only uh, Kentucky, Iowa, and Virginia retained rules that automatically imposed lifetime uh, bans On uh, felons, barring an executive action in Virginia, now the former governor there, Terry McCulloch, restored voting rights to more than 170,000 people, but in Tallahassee, uh, Florida, may be clinging to remnants of the past uh, there. And no doubt about that, uh, voting rights advocates are alert uh, for landmines that may be laid uh, by DeSantis, a known racist, and other Republicans who, in a state uh, with a notorious history of electoral squeakers, may fear the consequences, uh, even a small um, fraction of those at uh, one point uh, me. One me would not seem like very many, but for many, many states. Uh, that would be a majority of the voters in the states, when especially when you go to the west and places like North, South Dakota, uh, Wyoming, etc. And they get two senators out of deal. So this is a very, very important situation that uh, needs to be attended to in Florida, which means much, much more grassroots uh, work has to be done there in uh, Florida. And the Women's March is coming up uh And that is another issue that uh, the various uh, racist elements have uh, tried to undermine the um, Women's March in the state of Illinois. There won't be one in Chicago, but there will be in other cities in Illinois. It all revolves around one of the oldest tricks in the book, the leadership of the National Women's March, claiming that some of the leadership there is anti-Semitic. Because of their views towards the uh, Zionist state that has been declared, Zionism is racism, and and this is a, this is an issue that will uh, plague progressive people until such time as a majority of the progressives, as what's happening now in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Angela Davis, a woman that has fought all of her life for liberty for voting rights, for prisoners' rights, against uh, racism, it was awarded the prize uh, at the Fred Shuttlesworth, a long time, serving uh, late Fred Shuttlesworth, the late minister in Birmingham. And some little commission that uh, gave the award rescinded the award. And the Uncle Toms that were on the board there have now all resigned. And this commission, the complaint was that Angela Davis is one of the people that is uh, sponsoring the boycott of the Zionist state for their inhumane treatment of Palestinians. Now, that is a political issue, and it's an international political issue. So what these clowns have literally done is put the spotlight there. Angela will be there in uh, September, or excuse me, in um February, and they will have an alternative uh, ceremony that will take care of that. And instead of, say, having a ceremony that would have been in the Birmingham uh, newspaper, probably making the front page and the TV in Birmingham, and being a note in many other publications and media outlets, now it will be, uh, in the old newspaper term, page one. And it will go all over the world. And they will understand these uh, mischievous schemes uh, by uh, these uh, Zionists. And what it's done is, as the mayor of Birmingham uh, so eloquently stated, it is a step backward, not a step forward. And it brings about hostility uh, amongst people that should be a one common uh, situation. It's unfortunate. It was opportunist. And as the uh, political uh, leader, uh, Joseph Stalin, once said, opportunism for a day, but it soon disappears. And this is basically what's happening there. They understand the time is running out. The uh, clock has run out on them. And the game is, uh, in other words, the jig is basically up. Now, they're starting to try the same thing on... uh, The uh, newly elected uh, House representative uh, from uh, Michigan out of uh, Detroit uh, that uh, has taken up uh, the uh, seat that uh, the Freedom Fighter John Conyers, a friend of the Palestinian people, occupied for many years. So in other words, it's the same situation. Some of these forces are also uh, with... (coughs) Ocasio out of uh, out of the Bronx, representative there, and various other social democrats. These people are not social the social democrats, but the Democratic Party is moving uh, too far to the left. Well, the situation is the Democratic Party is not moving too far to the left. It is not moved uh, far enough. But this is a decision that has to be made in the Democratic Party. For those of us that are not in the Democratic Party but are still progressives, yes, we can propagandize for Bernie Sanders. We can propagandize uh, for Liz Warren and uh, people like Beto O'Rourke. But the ultimate decision will be made as to what the Democratic Party does and does not do uh, through these primaries, caucuses, and the officials of the Democratic Party. It's a preference a selection. Now, when it goes to the general election and all the voters, independents, in-betweens, you name it, come out there, is what happened in 2016. The Democratic Party uh, stole the election of the primaries from Bernie Sanders, put Hillary to Monster Clinton out there, and we as, projectives, uh, as uh, progressives rejected that selection.